0: Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, that's not a glitch, that's Skyrim on Switch. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, joined as always by my co-host Mark Mitchell. Right now, we are talking about Skyrim on Switch. We also have episodes out today about Doom and La Noir. You can check those out. Those are different episodes. You can download them and listen to them and love them. Uh, but
1: right now, we are talking Skyrim. Mark, tell me about Skyrim. So when it was first announced for Switch, and or I guess that was, it was at the re- in the reveal video. That's right, right? Yeah. The guys mm-hmm. like playing it on the airplane. And when it was announced a few months later that it was going to be released in like holiday 2017, I kind of thought it was dumb because a year ago now, the remastered edition of it it was released for the Xbox One and the PS4, and it just felt like too late. It's like, who's going to care about Skyrim again one year later? And I will tell you the answer to that question, me. (laughs) <laughs> and a lot of other people, but
0: specifically you because you're here right uh, now. Yeah. Is a uh, quick question before
1: we get into the
0: uh, nitty gritty of um, Skyrim on Switch. Is this the last of the games shown in that opening uh, Switch video to come out? Uh, I think so for, for the platform. Uh,
1: I, yeah, I think so because I think Z- Xenoblade Chronicles Two wasn't shown until the January reveal. Yeah, I think you're right. So yeah, I think this is it. And I think everything did come out like it was supposed to.
0: Right. I mean we are still waiting on pocket rumble.
1: <laughs> right. Good point. <laughs> but Good that point. that
0: that was that was a little bit later. Um but yeah, that's uh it's it's cool to finally see like the um with Skyrim that is the promise of the um Nintendo Switch reveal video
1: fulfilled. Fin- finally yeah. fulfilled, yeah. So a little bit a little bit about me, a little bit about Skyrim. Tell i me a little played bit about you. the PS3 version, mm-hmm. put like a hundred hours into it. Um, that and like Fallout 3 were probably like my games of that generation. Like yeah. I loved those games so much. I put so much time into them. And, you know, like I am I, one of those. I liked Fallout 4. I thought it was fun. But the reason I think why Skyrim persists so much and has become almost like this like evergreen title for Bethesda is because. The options feel limitless, and yeah, there there are a lot of you know bugs. It can be a buggy game. Yeah, weird glitches that'll happen, like horses flying across the sky, or you know, like just shooting into the just air. Shooting, you know, like things like yeah. that happen. But that's the price you pay for like the how many options are available to you. Yeah, and so um, one thing that I am finding that I wasn't expecting to. Is that Skyrim is on Switch, I'm it's pretty much like a I'm able to drop in and out of it mm-hmm. in a way that I wasn't expecting to be able to. Because, mm. you know, because I put so much time into the original Skyrim, that's what I was expecting for me, is that I'd get like sucked in again. Right. And it'd be like, no, this is the only game I play. And it's not because I'm not having fun with it. Um it's because this game is give, because I'm choosing to play it completely different than I played the first time through. Yeah. Right? Like, normally I play, uh like, a magic class, like, a mage-type character. This time I'm going Argonian, which is, like, a lizard-type person. Oh. And I'm going to tr- try to play, like, a thief. So I'm going to try to play, like, really stealthy, pickpocketing, like, stuff like that. And I guess basically in general, I'm tr- with this game, I am choosing to free myself from the tyranny of an optimal playthrough. Perfect. Because I feel like that's, for a long time, was my experience with games. Like, I would get a game like Destiny. I would get a game like Fallout. I'd get a game like Skyrim. And in one playthrough, I would try to do, like, everything. I would try to right. see everything. Or as
0: much as possible. Right. And right.
1: so that's what, uh, it would, it's almost like draining after mm-hmm. a point, you know, to like- It becomes to a To do that. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, you know, I'm like, I think I've put in like six hours or so into this game mm-hmm. and I'm still in the like second town that you go to because um, the amount of content in this game is seemingly endless. Yeah. Right. Like you go to the first town and once you start talking to people, there's so many side quests that pop up. Um, but, and I'm also choosing to play like evil, kind of not evil, but like. I'm a, you got a I'm little, little bad devil, make dude. It. Oh no! Yeah, you know, Mark, like you're a bad dude. <laughs> I'm pickpocketing people when oh, I can. No. I'm like, I'm. I mean, the guy was mean to me, but I like killed this dude who was on his way to a wedding and like stole it. The, like priceless necklace he yeah. had with it. A,
0: a dude was mean to you, but you <laughs> murdered someone.
1: So, <laughs> but yeah, like uh, playing Skyrim this way for me is mm. so much fun.
0: But can I can I ask about that though? Uh, yeah, because I it, do. You think that that is um a function of you playing this game just again 6 years later or is it a function of the hardware that you're playing it on uh, or is it impossible to say
1: no i think it is a i think it is primarily a function for me personally of having played it before okay um i i i think the hardware in a lot of ways like playing it on switch is way better than when i was playing it on ps3 mm. one it's portable. Portable Skyrim is like a dream. Right. Right? But also it uh when they did this port, they did a really good job. And so a lot of like the most persistent bugs mm-hmm. in the original game are gone. Like again, it's still glitchy. It's it's wonky. Like it's a wonky game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um you like it's part of the fun. And also you put up with it because again, like the breadth of the adventure that you can have is so big that Uh, you're, like, forgiving of the little things that go wrong. Like, somebody, you know, like, being in one room and then glitching into another room, it's like, who cares?
0: Right. Well, and also, like, if it's not, uh, have you encountered any, like, game-breaking bugs or, like, eating your save or anything Mm. like that? Okay. I mean, because those are the things where, um, especially if you're already sort of engaging in something that you know to be, like, uh, the the world is a little bit less persistent than you want it to be just because of glitches. Um, that like as long as you can keep playing the game, that it's
1: ultimately fine. And yeah, I haven't. One thing I haven't tried out is the like motion controls. Yeah, there are uh, mostly because I've been playing this in handheld mode. Oh yeah, mode. Um, I played. It, I up uh, started it on uh, in docked mode. I don't know. It the game looks fine, but again, kind of like with when we were discussing La Noir. In another episode released today, it you have to remember this is a game that was released like eight years ago. Yeah, on Bethesda's engine, which in and of itself is not like the most beautiful looking; <laughs> it's utilitarian. <laughs> so, you know, the uh, character designs are kind of, um, crunchy. Sure. You know, like the mm-hmm. fa- like the faces, nothing Real really granola, looks natural. Man, <laughs> nothing looks supernatural or. I mean, ghosts and spooky things look supernatural. Nothing looks very natural. <laughs> I guess is what you were trying to say. Um, but on handheld, it looks amazing. Like you know, again, it, like it looks, it benefits from like that smaller screen, right. and it looks fine in docked mode. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. But w- when it's docked, you're like, yeah, this is definitely a, like a PS3, Xbox 360 game. Yeah. Um, and in handheld, you're like, this is an amazing looking handheld game. Um, have you encountered any of the Zelda stuff? No, because I don't have any. I think if you do the Amiibo, you can pretty much get it, uh, automatically. I believe there's like a quest or something that got put in as a way to to unlock them, unlock like it without. Yeah, like playing in game. But honestly, like I haven't done any quest or story. I've, well, I guess I've done a couple, but for the most part, I have. You're just murdering dudes on the way to their <laughs> I'm wedding. I mostly just murdering dudes on the way to the wedding, and then I'm in the second like town like Whitehall I think it's called and I've just been spending hours in there like sneaking around every room trying to like pickpocket as many people as I can mm-hmm. and um like on un- like pick as many locks as I can and so I'm spending Does that grow your like stealth stat specifically? Yeah. So the other thing that's really cool about Skyrim um and Fallout 3 that they kind of got away from this complexity in Fallout 4 is there are so many different stats for you to upgrade and so many different routes for mm-hmm. you to take. So it so as you are doing an action, it will help level it up, and then leveling those helps level like your character in general. Yeah. So as you're sneaking, if you like success, successfully sneak into like a room or something, you get a little bit experience points into sneaking. And then every time you even every time you attempt a to pick a lock. It gives you a little bit of points. And then, of course, like, when you successfully pick a lock, depending on the difficulty of the lock, uh, you'll get more points. Um, but they they have it for everything, like one-handed combat, two-handed combat, archery, um, you know, like persuasion. So the more you sell to merchants, it'll, like, oh, increase wow. your, like, you know, like, it. the amount of customization that's available in this game is incredible. And, again, I think that's another reason why people, including myself, like it so much, because... Um, you know, one time I went this path and this time I'm making a conscious choice to not make the choices that I made before. And even in the first, like, six hours of the game, my experience has been very different than it was that first time where I played, like, a real noble character right. who was, like, doing the right thing, trying to do the right thing for everybody. Um, and And very different from the experience I had in Fallout 4. Again, a game that I liked, but by the end you really see, like, you didn't really have any very many choices, and sure. Like only one of those choices is really very interesting.
0: I really like the idea that, um, like, you level up and grow uh, based on like the actions that you are already performing. Um, it makes like it means that you have a lot of control over how you grow, but also that like uh, it's like emergent from your gameplay. Um, like how you choose to play the game is also how it chooses to reward you. So, like, you're swinging around a battle axe a lot, like, you're going to get good at the battle axe and reward you for doing the thing you already like to do in the game.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's not just, like, a bunch of stats. Yeah. Saying, like, okay, my agility is going to go up. There is that. But there's also, like, how uh, could there be no agility? There's also, like, a bunch of different levels that leveling. And, you know, like, in the past, I haven't really paid attention to the crafting system. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I I guess I'm going to, like, try to do more of that stuff this time as well. But. Uh, these games have to be so complex to make because there's no real right or wrong way to play it. Yeah, sure. You know, the world is very open to you. And I'm really, really, really enjoying revisiting it on the Switch where I can just, like, pick it up, um, play for a little bit, you know, take it with me when I go to do laundry or take it with me when I go to like the auto mechanic or anything like that. Yeah. It's uh I mean really the promise of the Switch and the reason why I am genuinely excited to buy these ports of games is because it, the selling uh like the selling point for me is the portability.
0: Yeah, there is really something magical to uh you can take this wherever you want to go. I mean especially for the you know kind of like big triple a uh, games of of last generation or even earlier in this generation as our, our conversation about doom um and you know wolfenstein 2 is going to be coming out at some point next year so like yeah it's uh it's really remarkable to get these kinds of experiences uh
1: anywhere yeah like um you know with the 3ds it's a great system or you know, even the DS or the Game Boy or the Game Boy Advance or whatever; these are amazing systems, but it always felt like a compromise. Yeah, uh, you know, you were always generations of technology behind,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, but it feels with the Switch like those compromises don't really exist anymore. Yeah, and that's really remarkable.
0: Um, so uh, Doom, you had sort of mentioned, which in the Doom episode, which you should check out. Um. Uh, and uh, I'm playing L.A. Noir, You can check out that episode as well. Um, th- those both feel like games, like kind of finite games, where like I'm going to get to the end of L.A. Noir or I'm going to get to a point where I don't really feel like chasing cases anymore. I'm sure you'll reach the end of Doom and similar. Um, but Skyrim is a notoriously never-ending game. Do you think that uh, it's something that you're going to be coming back to forever like stardew valley <laughs> you yeah know? no yeah. and
1: that's what I, again i think and i think a lot of this is a function of having played it previously mm-hmm. but i feel i definitely i'm not gonna lie and say i don't like when i'm playing it feel a compulsion to continue right because like last night i spent two hours just picking people's pockets you know like yeah um essentially busy work in this world but i just had so much fun doing it. Yeah. So even though I needed to go to bed. So it's like definitely hard to put down. But because I've played it before, because I've experienced it before, because there are a lot of other games on the system that I Mm want to play, Mm -hmm. it's easier for me to like play for an hour, put it down, and then I can always come back to it. There's always going to be more Skyrim for me to experience.
0: Right. And there's always going to be like another plane ride where you're just like, oh I can play Skyrim.
1: Yeah. And but I don't feel the need to like do it right now. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's very, that feels like a weight has been taken off me because I was worried. Yeah. Like, I put so much time into Skyrim. I put so much time into Fallout 3. Uh, It's just like, I can't do this again. I can't fall into this hole again. And uh, I'm not. And that feels great. Yay! <laughs> what do
0: you think it means for, like, the future of, I mean, obviously, Bethesda is supporting the Switch. We already said there's another game coming out uh, for it, the uh, Wolfenstein 2. Um, what do you think that means for, like, other uh,
1: uh, older um, Bethesda games? Like, as you were saying, Fallout 3 or Fallout 4. I feel like there was a rumor or a listing or somewhere out there in the universe, there's the nebulous feeling of a Fallout 4, like, complete edition. Mm, yes. C- that I could totally see on Switch. Um
0: Fallout Four only came out like two and a half years ago. Something yeah, like that. something pretty, like that. Pretty recently.
1: Two or three years ago. Yeah. Um. And it's a fun game. Like it's it's a good game. I would honestly probably buy it again on Switch, especially if it had the DLC, which I assume it would. Yeah. Because both uh Skyrim and Doom have all the DLC right. on it. Um the like Fallout Four, I haven't played any of the DLC, but it was supposed to have Far Harbor was one of the expansions, and it's supposed to be one that's like a a story expansion, Mm -hmm. right?
0: Yeah, and then there were other um, like expansion sets that like added different aspects of gameplay to like widen what that experience was.
1: What I really want is a uh, Fallout New Vegas Mm -hmm. uh, port. Especially on Switch, because that's a Fallout game that it came out. And that's a Fallout game. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still auditioning for the role of Mario. Right. Could still be Illumite. improved. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that came out like a year after Fallout 3, and I'd already put so much time into Fallout 3 that mm. I didn't really dive into Fallout New Vegas. But that game has an amazing reputation, so I would love uh, to experience it now. Bring it to Switch, you cowards.
0: You cowards. All right, that's going to end our conversation on Skyrim on Switch. And I think that's actually going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Um, remember, we had two more episodes out today, one on Doom and the other on L.A. Noir. so check those out if you are interested in hearing us talk about those games as they are now on Switch. You can uh, rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. That helps us out a bunch. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Nincart Society. Facebook page is Nintendo Cartridge Society. Shoot us an email at Cartridge Society at gmail.com. Mark and I write about comics on retconpunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by abafetti.com. You can check out his music We're going to ABitBetty. No. I said his name is abitbetty.com. That's not right. It's abitbetty. His website is abebetty.com Or you can listen right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying, thanks for listening. With-